I wake up to someone standing in my doorway. It's Jay, nudging me awake as I've slept through several alarms. I stir, still groggy after all the downers I took last night before going to bed. Shit, I think. I was meant to get up at 8 and it's now closer to 11 a.m. I pull the covers over my head and try to block out the world. It isn't working as Jay nudges me again and starts talking. Hey, he says, you really need to get up. I'm leaving now and this is the last time I'm going to wake you. The last time? So that means he's been in here before this morning, doing the same thing without results. My mornings usually look something like this. I either wake up by myself at noon, or get woken up by one of my three roommates long after my alarm indicates it's time. Good thing I didn't have an appointment at least. I turn to my side and pull the covers down from above my face, sighing as I do so. I have never been a morning person, especially not lately with how late I've been staying up. Yes, okay, I'm up, I'm up, I mumble as I get ready to put my feet down onto the floor. But I clearly miscalculate, as I'm sent tumbling down headfirst in a sad heap. Oh my god, Jay exclaims as he steps over the threshold to my bedroom. I can't believe that just happened. Ugh, I groan, still dazed from the sudden fall. I pull the weighted covers off of myself and stand up in a swift motion, surprising considering the state I'm in. I laugh, finding the situation funny, and Jay joins in. We look at each other with that look that says, I know this is kind of fucked up but neither of us will mention it, and he gets ready to walk out the door as I put on my usual stay-at-home robe and tiger slippers. This apartment gets so damn cold in the winter, no wonder I have to wear so many layers to keep moderately warm. I check who else is home, no one, perfect, and produce my collection of pills from one of my chosen hiding spots. I lay them out carefully on my bed in a neat row, counting every single one twice to make sure I've got the numbers right. I count one extra time for good measure, hoping that I've somehow done it wrong and that 20 extra pills will materialize on the crisp, white sheets. But no, there are only 15 left. That's not even enough for two days. I think to myself in horror, wondering what my options are. I could always space them out and take a smaller amount, making them last longer. But that would mean I'd not get my high that I am in need of. Or, I could always take them all at once, getting a real nice high that will last for a couple of hours and mellow me out. But then my stash would be gone and that can't happen either, me blowing it all on one single high. I put the pills back in the pouch and hide them again. My mind is running a thousand miles a minute but there's no time thinking about that now. No, I need to catch up on my schoolwork that I have been slacking off on by being on drugs instead. It's not where I'd like to be in life if I'm honest with myself, but I am managing. I pad to the kitchen on my tiger feet and make myself some toast in the oven since we don't own a microwave. It's not necessarily easy, being poor. But at least I still have the means to source drugs, which is good. That's all I need if I'm honest. I set the toast down next to my computer in my room and boot it up. God. I can feel the high leaving my system. I need a fix right about now, I think. But I promised myself only minutes ago, school first, then drugs. I can keep it together for an hour or a few, right? I just need to really focus on school for a while and then I can have my fun. I get through the studying today, although I am obsessively checking the time, seeing if it's an acceptable time to stop working and pop my happy little blue pills. Although I know we're going to be smoking weed when the others get back from work and school, it's not really the right high that I am looking for. No, that comes in the form of pills. My favorite high is the benzo high, but I'll get by on tramadol, too, if there's none of that left. 
I took the last of my tramadols the other night, so that's not an option right now. I calculate some more in my head. Alright, so there's the family meeting tonight for which I definitely can't be high, I remember. That means that I have between 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. to get high and then sober up again. I can do this. I can't do this. It's past 7 o'clock, and I am high as a kite. We're in the middle of the meeting in our kitchen dining area, and I can barely piece together what the conversation is about. I know that we're gathered here to discuss this month's budget, but the rest is a little fuzzy. I stare down at my phone. Oh shit, I'm in the middle of something but I can't remember what. I look up at the others sitting opposite me, all wearing frowns on their faces. I'm clearly not doing this right. I tap on my phone screen, making the apps dance around, and I beg for some divine power to help me figure out what I'm supposed to be doing. Ali, and says with annoyance in her voice. Click the bank app. I click. No, the other app. Jesus Christ, just give it to me and I'll do it. I hand my phone over with embarrassment seeping from my every pore, and I am very aware that I've just fucked up severely. I can't believe that I did the one thing I told myself I wouldn't do, that I'm on a dangerous amount of pills while expected to do adult things like split up this month's money to each of our accounts and look over what we need to get when it comes to groceries. I'm so sorry, I say. I'm just really confused, you know how I am with calculating and money. I'm just really tired. And clicks around on my phone for a bit longer, not even bothering to reply. I know they're all fed up with me, and S looks like they're seconds away from either walking away from the table or throwing the remote at me. I sink further into the sofa and accept that I've forfeited my right to help out tonight. How did I end up like this? I know damn well that I took all of the pills I had left, but how could I let myself wait until almost 6 p.m. to take them? Stupid, stupid. I breathe out the smoke from my lungs, passing the joint to Jay. I don't mention my major fuck-up in the kitchen earlier hoping that they'll forget about it as quickly as I'm wishing. We whisper and laugh as quietly as possible. Getting arrested for smoking illegal substances on our balcony at 10 p.m. isn't exactly what one wants, so we try to keep it down. I can feel the benzo high fading as the wheat high comes on, and I miss it already. Why can't I just be satisfied that I have another drug to choose from? Why do I have to have the one that's the hardest to get? To obtain the pills, I first have to convert my money into cryptocurrency, which is something I taught myself how to do when I got desperate for pills with no other idea how to get them. I don't have any fancy dealer contacts, so I have an account on a reputable site on the dark web that I use for drug purchases. Looking at my order history, I look over the list that states I've spent hundreds and hundreds on pills from different vendors. It's not like I'm going to stop now, despite knowing all of the risks. I click on my favorite category, Alprazolam, and survey the different options before me. One vendor has taken a pharmaceutical approach with his marketing on the site, and he seems to get good reviews. He sells the pills in bulk, which is what I'm looking for. But on the other hand, his items are a bit more pricey, and shipping takes a few days longer. That won't do. I keep scrolling. Another seller has an icon with animals wearing masks, also a good marketing technique, but too expensive. There we go, I'm used to myself as I find the seller I've purchased from the most. He's got good product, good reviews, and decent shipping time. I make sure the currency is registered on my account, sometimes it can be annoyingly slow to come through, and I click the green button to buy the goods. Finally. Now I just need to wait a few days for the pills to get here. Or, not here here, really. 
I always order my drugs to my parents' house as I did before I moved out. I know it's very risky and very stupid, but I simply can't just stop ordering, now can I? The last step is to guess when the parcel is going to arrive, and finding some other reason to stay at my parents' for a few days so I can secretly empty their mailbox and hide the shiny new pills in my bag before they realize I've retrieved something and never showed them what it is. They're a bit nosy like that. Nothing's ever been as scary as buying drugs online is. There's just so much that can go wrong. With the money in escrow until I say I've received my package, I'm all good on the not getting scammed front. But all the other stuff? The fact that my package could be intercepted by drug dogs at the postal facility terrifies me, as well as the mailman somehow figuring out that the cleverly packaged and vacuum-sealed parcel contains pills. I am always a nervous wreck between clicking order and receiving my drugs safely. Not once has there been an issue, but who knows, maybe next time's the one I get arrested. It's a few days later that I get back home, new pills deep in my bag. It's an exhilarating feeling knowing that I'm about to dip into a new untouched batch. I ordered a few hundred just to be safe, but knowing me, they'll be gone within a week and a half. I quickly sneak into my bedroom and hide the unopened bag of pills in the fake plant I've got hanging in my window. But before I make my way back out of the room I turn around, deciding to sample a few of the blueberries. They're always a bit chalky on the tongue and they leave a bitter aftertaste going down the hatch. But that's just the way I like it. I cut open the vacuum-sealed bag with a pair of scissors, and take a whiff of the chemical smell that emanates from the package. I'm so happy that I could cry, I've got more benzos. I want to shout it from the rooftops, but that's obviously a bad idea. So I just pretend like I haven't just made the best purchase of my life and carry on as normal as possible to avoid rousing any suspicion. I don't know if my roommates have caught on that I'm on pills yet, or if they just think I'm acting unfocused and tired around the clock because I am, well, tired. It's not until a while later that I find out that after falling out of bed that one morning, it took so long for me to get up that Jay actually had the time to get his phone, snap a picture and put the phone back before I started to get up. How embarrassing. He definitely knows that something's up now. Will he tell the others? Will I have to be responsible for my actions and be watched like a hawk to make sure I don't take any more pills? The horror. A few weeks later, we have a party. It involves booze, so of course I disregard the rule that you're not supposed to mix downers and alcohol, and I pop a fair amount of benzos beforehand. I end up in the bathtub with a few of my friends, talking about everything and nothing at the same time. I can feel the mix of the pills and drink weighing me down and I, predictably, end up falling to the floor again at one point in the evening. As far as memory goes, I do not remember more than that the next morning when I wake up to ingest a new round of pills. What did I do the rest of the night? Did we smoke weed? Probably. It's a scary thought to know I don't remember more than half of the night before, I've never blacked out like this before and it's not something I'm particularly keen on experiencing again. So, new rule, no drugs if I'm drinking afterwards. Let's see if it sticks. I spend a few days at my parents in November, and I have a brand new bag of speed with me. I figure that swallowing a capsule of the powder will be less suspicious than snorting it, since that makes a sound, and I risk them seeing white around my nostrils if I'm not too careful. I open and empty a capsule at 9 a.m., and I refill it with the amphetamine before ingesting it. There we go, now I'll have energy for the rest of the day. That wasn't so bad. But it turns out, it is. I start to feel a bit off around dinner time, and at this point I excuse myself to go take a nap. The nap doesn't help as I can't fall asleep, 
and I mostly pace around for the rest of the night wondering why I'm not feeling the way I usually do after taking this drug. I figure that maybe I'm getting ill or something, so I call it an early night and go to bed. Sometime after 12 a.m., I wake up in a panic. I have to go pee, but every time I move to sit up my heart rate increases to 170, and I feel like I am about to faint. Shit shit shit, I think as the realization hits me. I'm overdosing on amphetamines right now. Stubborn as I am, I don't ask for help from my parents. I decide that I'm going to ride this out on my own, and that it'll probably pass in a few minutes. But when it doesn't, I start to panic even more. Goddamn my stupid pride for not letting me admit to my parents that I am on drugs, and that I probably need medical attention right now. I spend the rest of the night thinking that I am going to die in my childhood bed with my parents in the other room, so when I can finally see the light coming in through the blinds I am genuinely surprised that I have made it through the entire night. I need a plan. I can't move that much at all as that makes my pulse skyrocket, so I have to make up a believable story as to why I'm staying in bed all day. Claiming that I have a severe cold will probably do it. They believe me, and I spend the day just trying not to die in a subtle way so they won't notice. My entire body aches, and when I've gotten through it a day later, I swear to myself that I am never using again. I use again. And I overdose at my parents yet again. Is there a theme here? Why am I only overdosing at their place? Who knows? This time, I really go to town on my benzos. I take a bunch, most likely somewhere above 10 blueberries, because they're the potent ones, and sit down on the couch in the living room. Next thing I know, it's dark outside and my dad is shaking me awake. He has to shake me for a while before I respond, and I'm groggy as I open my eyes. When he asks me what's going on, I can barely make a coherent sentence in response, and I am confused and scared. I start to cry in my panic, and I for some reason try to unlock my phone without luck. I end up locking it for a few hours, so I cry some more. My dad, thinking that this is all because of a period pill I started taking the day before, tries to soothe me and somehow gets me into bed. I don't know much at the moment, other than the fact that I am definitely way over my limit this time, and that I am definitely overdosing again. Fuck. My use continues, and I know somewhere deep down that it's probably not normal to take a dozen downers before breakfast, if I have any breakfast at all but I shove that thought away somewhere in the back of my brain and keep on going as usual. I can feel how the drugs take up more and more space in my life until I barely have any motivation left for school. Fuck, I can't fail this. If I do, I'll owe the state money that I do not have. So I do the only thing I know will help, and call my parents. They let me stay with them for a few weeks as I get help with the school work I have left before the deadline. I don't bring any pills with me, and I miss them every minute I'm away. But this break from all the craziness also gives me insight into how I am actually capable of doing my schoolwork if I just stay clean and sober, and a little seed is planted in my mind. What if I don't have to have my life revolving around benzos? What if it's actually possible to live free of stressing over how much I've got left in my pouch all the time and wondering when the next time I'm accidentally going to overdose is? I start googling how to recover and do research. Apparently it's easy to stop, the hard part is not picking up again. Huh? Well, it makes sense. How many times haven't I told myself that this is the last time I use up the last of my supply, only to go right back to the dark web for more? I keep using for a few weeks after my aha moment, but in late April, I finally decide that enough is enough. My brain is so foggy that I can barely think straight, and I have had enough. 
There hasn't been any huge life-altering occurrences due to my using, thank God, but I also don't want there to be any. And I don't want to overdose again, because I already know I'm lucky to come out on the other side the past two times. The only way to keep that from happening is to somehow stop doing drugs. I don't buy any more benzos, and whenever I feel like I might cave in, I give my phone to Jay until it passes so I don't do something stupid, like converting my last money into Bitcoin. I also start researching narcotics anonymous groups near me, and I find out that there's one sort of close by. I'm kind of skeptical towards all that God talk I keep seeing, but it seems like one can choose their higher power and that it doesn't have to be God God, so it could be fine. The first meeting feels strange. It doesn't help that we show up a few minutes late so they've already started reading some text that I might recognize from reading it online beforehand. We take our seats in the back, and I feel out of place. This is for people who have done serious drugs for years and years, and here I am, pretending to fit in. The woman that's holding the meeting announces that it's time to share, and I immediately get nervous. Are they going to expect some detailed story of the last time I used? What am I supposed to say? In reality, it turns out to be kind of chill. People reflect on a certain step that's the theme for today's meeting, and others share a bit about where they're at in their lives. When the turn comes to me, I immediately state that I don't know what to say because I've never been to a meeting before. People turn to look at the three of us, new to the program, and the woman in charge goes to get pamphlets and keychains for us. It's a white keychain that says Valkomen, welcome in Swedish, and it has the NA logo on the other side. It feels like a big moment, receiving a token that means that I am trying my hardest to stay clean. Since we are new, we don't get to share, only listen. Fair enough. We listen as people reflect on their lives, and some even cry. Leaving the meeting, I don't see why I was so nervous beforehand. I feel light as a feather, and I say this to S and J on the train ride home. We should make this a weekly thing, one of us states. We all agree that it would be good for us to do this. I get the first glimpse of what it's like to be excited for recovery, and it lasts for a day or two before it starts to fade. At home I try to read through the little book and the pamphlets we got to keep my motivation up, and I start journaling a bit to reflect on what it's like to live without drugs so far. Well, I'm not technically off drugs. I'm still smoking weed multiple times a day, and this is a habit that takes eight more months to break. I come to the realization that in order to have a better life and give myself the chance to be happy with myself and where I'm at, I have to kick the smoking just as I kick the pills. In December, I quit all drugs. It's hard in the beginning, but I managed to break the habit by only smoking cigarettes while I'm around others smoking weed. I quickly realize that I enjoy life more when I am present and not in a drug-fueled haze, which is nice. I'm able to focus more on chores and taking care of myself instead of just getting high and forgetting everything I don't want to think about. It's also at this time that I start seeing a therapist again, as my mental health isn't the best. I've been struggling more with food and my self-esteem lately, so I decide it's time to do something about it. I spend the spring attending therapy and looking for a job. It's tedious, but I know I have to do it as I don't have an income at the moment and the others I live with depend on me as much as I depend on them. I get a lot of we're sorry, but we have moved forward with other candidates at this time, but I don't give up. It's not until August that I get the offer of an internship as a student's assistant, and I jump at the chance. It's a three-month internship, hopefully followed by being employed by the company that sends me out to different schools. I'm very nervous before my first day, what if the kids don't like me? What if I can't keep up? But it turns out to work out fine, 
and I going to the weekend after my first two days feeling happy with my decision of taking a chance on this job. I've also decided, along with S, to stop drinking completely, I am now 30 days completely clean and sober from any substance, and I am feeling good about my decision. When I drink, I either drink more than intended and get so fucked up that I throw up over myself and others things, or I drink a good amount and feel annoyed that I can't have more. It's a lose-lose situation, and what's most triggering to me is knowing that others drink while I am not. Where I'm at right now, I am journaling every day, working the 12 steps in my workbook, and keeping myself motivated and inspired by listening to a podcast called A Sober Girl's Guide on Spotify. I feel excited to rack up more sober days, and my red 30-day keychain is finally for real. I'm thinking that it might be time to go back to the 12-step rooms of Narcotics Anonymous at some point, because it can't hurt, right? I would never ever go back to doing drugs again, and I am so proud of myself for coming to that realization. I'm doing so well mentally at the moment and I just want to do everything I can to keep it that way. Onward and upward.